Hi, everybody, and welcome to the February 17th, 2017 edition of Colorado Inside Out. I'm your host, Dominic Dizzitti. Thank you very much for joining us. Let's get a quick take on Pueblo County's Board of Commissions approving a contract to fund college scholarships for its high school students. To receive the funds, candidates must attend school in Pueblo and would benefit from up to $425,000 in excise tax collections from marijuana cultivation. Thought we were just doing a scholarship update from the middle of Pueblo County. There's also uh, an important part of it. Patty Calhoun from Westward, uh, seeing pot cultivation taxes going to something I think people would all be in favor of, scholarships for high school students, seems like a, a, a good use for these funds. Do you see this happening in other counties or cities across Colorado? I think it's a great use, and it's pretty direct. Uh, unlike you know, Amendment 64, the overage of sales tax collections, people had talked about construction at schools. Here's a way to definitely benefit students that you can track. Pueblo County uh, allowed grows early on. They've regulated them pretty well, and they're collecting a lot of money and putting it to good use. So um, it saved a really a county in a lot of trouble. David Copel from the Independence Institute and DU Law School. I'm not familiar enough with the law of what restrictions might be on counties. Does this sound copacetic with what we know about the law and how the taxes can be spent? Absolutely, and, and a great choice. And it's they're going to stay. The students will stay in Pueblo. It'll be CSU Pueblo or Pueblo Community College. It's a scholarship of could be a thousand dollars per student or or perhaps more. Uh, a great way for a place that's been in the past an economic powerhouse of Colorado back in the Colorado fuel and iron and mining days. Uh, to improve itself. Adams County is looking at a similar thing, a little smaller, but uh, to provide scholarships for, for poor kids. And this is democracy at work because the voters went around the uh, political, the elected officials who were too uh, stodgy on this, they re-legalized marijuana and they brought in all this new tax revenue which is being used for beneficial purposes and when you use it for education that means in the long run the people who are going to be voting are better informed <laughs> and so you further improve our republican form of government penfield date uh, penfield tate joins us attorney at qtac rock also a longtime state lawmaker uh speaking of capitol hill do you think an idea like this which sounds like everybody would be behind in public county and i realize what happens in Pueblo County cannot necessarily happen on Capitol Hill, but do you think some lawmakers will be trying to use some of those same ideas? You know, I think lawmakers will take a look at it, but I don't know if they'll be able to replicate it on a statewide basis. Um, this is a brilliant move by the Pueblo County Commissioners. This is a perfect way to reinvest in your community with resources that are given to you from existing revenues and investing in your community. We see so many communities, rural and otherwise, around the state where the problem is kids go to college and never come back home. 
Pueblo has figured that out. They're investing in their kids, having them go to college in Pueblo, and they'll likely stay there after they finish their college careers because of their, their ties to the community. Uh, this is brilliant, and I congratulate Pueblo for doing this. And I'm also pleased that it's not just limited to the 4.0, 3.5 students. If you're a graduate, high school graduate and you want to go to college, they'll assist you. Uh, kudos. Uh, uh, this is one of the rare pieces of really smart, implemented public policy by local government. This is brilliant. <laughs> and rounding out the panel, John Bowman, reporter of Five Points News, wrap it up for us. Well, I, I think, you know, when you talk about, uh, you talk about the tax money that's coming in from marijuana, I mean, there's a big question as to why it can't be used like to save the Jeffco schools or, or build new schools in Jeffco. I think, I think as, as, as we've said, it, it, it's a brilliant move to take, to take a look at how this money comes to the counties and decide what you can do with it. Now, there's another $58 million that has been given to the state health department to make the funny commercials that we see on TV and things of that nature. Maybe some of that money should be uh, thrown back into the pool as well uh, to help education. As the president's immigration policy rolls out, the reports confirm that U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement Agency has conducted nationwide raids. Coloradans are seeking sanctuary. Local activist and undocumented immigrant Jeanette Vizguera made headlines after she found refuge in a local church. In previous administrations, immigrants were seemingly safe from deportation in an unofficial sanctuary policy restricted to churches and schools. Patty, uh... Colorado was going to make, going to get into the headlines some way on immigration. We just said there's, it's too much of a hot issue here for us not to get in there. I'm not sure if I thought this would be the way we did it. What did you think of uh, this particular issue? Does it have staying power? Well, let's not forget we made national headlines when Arturo Garcia took sanctuary in the same church, not when Donald Trump was president, but when Barack Obama was president. So it does have precedent. He was there, I think, like nine months. The, congregation discussed it. They were all behind it. They're behind it in this situation. No matter what tr what Trump's immigration policy is going to be and whether we have an executive order or whether we have lawsuits or what's going to be coming down the pike, I don't see that the feds are going to go raid this church. They have uh, literally bigger fish to fry and you don't need well, of course, who can really predict what the feds want to, do, want to do right now? But if they are using any common sense at all, this is not a murderer. This is a woman who, what? yes, was in the country illegally, but she is not a dangerous criminal. Let her be there. She may be there a very, very long time, but I don't see them coming into raid. This is such a hot-button issue. You saw what happened yesterday with the Day Without Immigrants, where immigrants, largely Latino, but from other countries too, legal and illegal, stayed home from school, stayed home from work, just to give, show people what kind of impact they have on the economy. So we're going to see more of those actions and protests too. David, it's an unofficial policy, so uh, I read that as being more of a tradition, less a law. Do you think the current administration will take advantage of the fact that it's not a law? No, but for the, the reasons Patty said. Sanctuary as a legal concept existed in, in old English law, where if you can hightail it to a church and they let you inside, you might be able to hang out there for a while and under some circumstances you might get off the hook for the crime you'd committed or you might get a lesser punishment like you'd committed a, a murder but you might be able to come out and basically be able to cop a plea to manslaughter um, and th this has roots back in the Old Testament and the practice of the, the ancient Hebrews uh, it was abolished by Henry VIII in the early 1500s and Henry VIII by the way is a good guy for people who want to read something historic that also 
can remind us of some current events and, and leaders. Uh, although our, our current president is only half as great as him, because uh, only on his third wife. And he hasn't killed any of his wives, which is way ahead of Henry VIII. So much, much, much more of a big league good president. Zero spousal homicides by the current president. Um, but the sanctuary has no legal role in American law. It hasn't existed you know, by the time settlement began here. It was long gone. But in, in practice, it's been respected. So in the, the 1980s, people who were fleeing from the war in El Salvador, which was caused by Russian-backed communists who wanted to impose tyranny on El Salvador, some people fl fleeing the war came to the United States illegally, and some of them were, were given sanctuary in churches, and then a lot of them actually got legalized by the 1986 Simpson-Mazzoli law. And the current policy has been to respect churches and not do raids in sensitive places, such as churches, unless there's some compelling need. For the reasons Patty said, there's not a compelling need in this case. Uh, and by the way, kudos to Westward, which has been covering Ms. Uh, Fiscara's case uh, for a long time and, and doing a good job. But all the hysteria plays into Trump's hands. There's no way the federal immigration authorities can go into port everybody or even everybody they, they want to deport but the more you ra ratchet up the fear level and you have these raids from last week which were really not that much more than what often went on in, in Obama's first term but you create a national hysteria about that the AP comes out with a fake news story today saying that uh, Trump is thinking out of calling the National Guard uh, to do deportations when in fact the, the draft memo is they're just going to deputize National Guard and, and other militia in border area on border states uh, to be able to do immigration arrests and the, the guards are already out in some of those states on border patrol. Uh, the more that will encourage self-deportation uh, by illegal aliens who are worried about what's coming and say let's just get out now while we, we can kind of on our own terms. So the, the more fear that the media helps create in conjunction with the administration, uh, the more they help uh, the administration's goals. And likewise to all the activists who are trying to ratchet the, the fear level up to 11. Penn, uh, what's the political effect of what we're seeing? Because I, I understand what David's uh, point about that uh, fear can ramp it up and that the raids are right now, from what we can tell, nothing different than what we've seen in previous administrations. But is there a political effect? Sure. There's the potential for a political backlash. You know, every administration has had um, immigration enforcement actions designed, but they're usually targeted towards undocumented immigrants who are somehow engaged in criminal activity or some other illegal activity. The problem with what the Trump administration is doing is the appearance is that that's no longer the requirement. It appears to be just a sweep of people, primarily people of color, uh, to have them deported. And, and so uh, there's the possibility, I think, uh, of a backlash forming. What's going to be interesting is, uh, you know, I read, we all read things, and, and Trump supporters appear to say, yeah, this is exactly what we wanted, but I don't know how large a group that is in America anymore. I think some of his other missteps and some of the other issues, and frankly, the way he handles himself and speaks to people, I think that, that group, in terms of his supporters, are shrinking. And I think it's generating more outrage and unnecessary panic. And sure, you may get the, the byproduct of, of self-deportation, but I think there is a political backlash that is yet to come. 
John, what about on the local level? I've heard uh, different police chiefs worry that uh, community police policing becomes a problem because you have people who are fearful to come out and be a part of that process with police and giving information, things like that. Do you think there's going to be a detrimental effect based on what we're seeing so far? Well, there, there definitely could be. Uh, you know, in, in deference to David going all the way back to Henry VIII and, and, and all, of, all of his uh, machinations, th this sanctuary situation was big in the 1800s when blacks were using the Underground Railroad and making their way from slavery to the north. Churches always took, uh, took blacks, you know, ex-slaves or former slaves or, or uh, current slaves into, into, into sanctuary and it was up to the slavers who were you know commissioned by the south and by the plantation owners to come north and to actually uh, rescue those people and they, they you know to actually take them back into slavery whereas the whites in the north would 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 do a rescue take that person out so sanctuaries have been around not only you know in in olden days back to back to the bible but they've been they've been around the 1800s so so you know while this this young lady happens to have some sort of criminal record I mean, maybe that would be the only reason I would see that, that the Trump people and, the, and ICE would go after her. But at the same time, this is one of those situations where, you know, Denver doesn't meet the, the criteria for a, a sanctuary city. Um, they don't, uh, you know, foster the federal, the federal laws that, are, that go into it as well. So I'm not sure, I'm not sure if this is going to play out where they'll just say, well, she's got a criminal record, we're going to take her. Close to a month into President Trump's term, National Security Advisor Michael Flynn has resigned. Flynn was under fire for talking with a Russian ambassador to discuss sanctions after claims surfaced of Russia hacking the 2016 election. Trump's administration has released con contradictory statements over Flynn's resignation, but most recently stated it was the president's choice after trust had deteriorated. David, uh, there's been a variety of angles to this, and I don't—it's hard to keep up with all the things that have happened, even to date. As we tape it Friday at noon, there might even be more between now and, and eight o'clock tonight. But is there going to be an effect of this and Russia that can be? Will it have a long tail for other folks? And clearly, for Donald Trump, it would be. But what about the the, the Cory Gardners of the world, the other other Republicans? Is it going to have a long tail for them? No, because nobody thought that Cory Gardner beat Mark Udall uh, thanks to Russian interference in the election. Um, it reminds me of Alice in Wonderland, as, as she said, curiouser and curiouser, uh, cried Alice. Dear, dear, how queer everything is today. This is a bizarre situation. What, why would Michael Flynn lie in the first place? Because it's perfectly normal for a incoming national security advisor or other high-ranking foreign affairs official to be talking with foreign counterparts uh, before the new administration takes office and talking about the various issues that go on between the two countries. And of course it would be normal in a conversation with the Russian ambassador that the Russian ambassador might bring up sanctions and it would be good to hear the tape and see what's actually said and since it's already been leaked why not? We should have a congressional investigation about Russian involvement in the election. And it doesn't mean that it's these fantasies that they, they hacked the voting machines and Hillary Clinton actually won Wisconsin by a landslide or something. But Russia has been exerting malign influence in trying to, in other countries' elections uh, for years. And there absolutely should be an investigation to, to get the details of what's, what's been going on. And, and to, to clear the air or, or to find out there's something even worse than we know about now and then deal with it appropriately.
the Trump national security team is not a well-oiled machine. That's why Admiral Robert Harwood decided not to take the job, is he doesn't want to be reporting to Steve Bannon, and he's cons he was concerned about the sub-mediocrity of a bunch of the folks who would be reporting to him. We also, this is a case of the deep state in its, one of its opening battles in what's going to be a long-running war against the Trump administration, the deep state being those permanent people who in some ways really run the country. The CIA did leaks against George Bush in 2004 to try to harm his reelection. This is clearly a political shot at Trump, and there's going to be way more of that coming. The mutual hypocrisy on all sides of, of, about leaks is phenomenal. And I would caution the Trump administration, they're right to think, yeah, you sometimes work with tyrants against a mutual enemy, like from Nixon through Reagan, we worked with the Chinese tyrants to f help bring, successfully bring down the evil empire. Well, George Bush and Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama all tried to work with Pooty Poot and looked into his eyes and thought they could have a relationship with him and have a reset, but he's always the same abuser he's going to be. He doesn't have common interest with the United States, including in Steve Bannon's fantasy that the two of them are going to team up to take on radical Islam. To the contrary, Russia is Iran's best friend. You start with Alice in Wonderland, you end with Pooty Poot. Not bad, <laughs> not bad. I'm going to say, it's, it's a long way around the barn, but I, I appreciate the creativity there. Penn, I, I saw some Republicans nationwide coming out and having a problem with what's going on, at least vocalizing um, that the, the criticism. Do you think it will be a, a held expectation for local Republicans to say, you know, where was Cory Gardner's criticism? Where was Mike Kaufman's criticism? Is that going to become an issue? Yeah, and I thought David was going to refer to him as Pooty Tang, but that's okay. <laughs> um, you know, well, here's, here's the problem. Um, clearly, Michael Flynn wasn't forthcoming. And it is not unusual for an incoming administration to talk to a number of foreign diplomats about, hey, we look forward to working with you. But something is curious about the fact that he wasn't honest about what they talked about. And something's curious about the fact that Paul Ryan said, well, Donald Trump told him he had to go. And Kellyanne Conway said, no, 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 no. Michael Flynn decided he had to go. And something's curious about the fact that he wasn't straight with the vice president. But what's real curious is the president knew he wasn't straight with the vice president, so he didn't tell the vice president. It's all a mess. And the, the one common denominator is Russia has, has now and has had for some time Militia's intents toward the United States government. They clearly interfered in this election. I don't know to what extent. Don't need to know. That's for the congressional investigation and others to figure out and ascertain what's real and what's fantasy. But at some point, you have folks like Mike Kaufman and Cory Garner who at least ought to say, you know, let's take a look at it. Because at some point, silence is assent. And there's so much nonsense and craziness going on, they ought to at least stand up and say, this is the United States of America. We can't countenance this. Yeah, I, I've got a problem with leakers. I had the same problem with WikiLeaks when they were doing it before. And I have problems with people who are sworn to uphold the Constitution and laws of the United States spilling their guts and giving information to the press. But the fact remains is our leaders and people who, who support them shouldn't be lying blatantly to the American public.
John, we've heard a lot of issues in these. I guess on Monday it'll be the first month of the uh, Trump administration. Uh, does this one have legs and problems for local folks? Uh, I, I don't know about the local folks, but it's like we're it's like we're living a a, 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 a real live Mission Impossible in, in black and white back in the old days. I'm, you might be the only one too young at the table to, to, to see <laughs> that. reruns. Okay, okay. But the bottom line is, I think Flynn just lied because he figures everybody else is lying in the administration. He can just lie and nobody will care. And I mean that that's almost the that's almost the mantra for this whole this whole administration. Um, you know, he's doing a great job. He's doing a great job. He's talking to people, and yeah, that's what he's supposed to do. He's supposed to line up interviews for the, you know, and phone calls for the president and, and, and their counterparts in Russia. But Russia has always tried to, has always tried to take over the United States. We had, we've had a spy ship sitting off the coast of Delaware in New London, Connecticut, 30 miles out. I mean, this is a Russian spy ship. What are they listening to? Um, this is this is this has almost gone so crazy that I don't think anybody can really make any sense out of it. Uh, and I think the the best sense is when you see Melissa McCarthy play play playing the playing the press Spicer. secretary and 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 she said, "No, those are your words. That's what you said." <laughs> and that's what Trump does almost every day. So uh, Flynn had to go. I mean, somebody had to go. And it, with the investigation, um, perhaps even more will go. Patty, we've had Alice in Wonderland and a variety of other pronunciations. Your thoughts? Well, let me disagree with Penn. I love leaks. Journalists <laughs> love leaks. A lot of our stories are based on leaks because people have different reasons for leaking, but usually they think something is going very, very wrong. And as we've seen here, things have been going very, very wrong. He, Flynn didn't have to lie. No, they could have told the vice president what was going on. You don't blame the media for your own bad actions that lead to someone leaking. I'm looking forward to a congressional investigation. I would like to have Trump quit blaming the media just for a while, although it's kind of entertaining. But we all know the real reason that Flynn was let go is because he was continuing to shop at Nordstrom. <laughs> And he was a blackmail risk. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's nice to see if we can come full circle. Well, we've been in a chatty mood, so it's already time for Disgrace of the Week. As always, Miss Calhoun, please start us off. Well, let's remember historically we have gone through some bad times, too. Sunday is the 75th anniversary of when Franklin Delano Roosevelt issued the executive order that sent Japanese Americans mm. who were living along the coast to concentration camps, including one in southeastern Colorado. If you haven't been to Kampamachi in southeastern Colorado, you really should go for a lesson in what happens when we do not protect our fellow citizens. We do not observe civil liberties. It's really a stunning sight. David. The self-proclaimed environment-loving protesters at the Dakota Access Pipeline left behind 4.5 million pounds of trash, requiring 250 trucks to remove it. They were paid thugs, and if they cared about the environment, they might not be such litter bugs. It's a lot of paid thugs. Penn. <laughs> Denver Department of Motor Vehicles, it should not take 45 minutes to get your license plates for your car, especially when there are 10 kiosk locations and all but two people get up and go on lunch or break at the same time, leaving a crowd of people to sit in the waiting room who can hear everybody laughing and joking in the back. We can probably guess what you did right before the taping, right? Yeah. yeah. John. Uh, Johnny Caldera uh, had a great article a couple of, uh, couple of days back on, on the American Pen Company, owned by a Colorado uh, gentleman who 
who lost everything he had during the recession but came back strong. He imports one little piece of the pen from Germany, whereas Donald Trump now uses cross pens to sign all of his things that he holds up and shows everybody. And, and so he uses pens that are made in Japan, or I mean in China. So here you have a president saying America only, only America, I'm sorry, uh, buy America, shop America, and he's signing the documents that he's ruling the country with with foreign pens. It is definitely an interesting pen article. I've, I've never learned that much about pens in one article that I can I say know. it's due to Mr. Caldera. Say something nice about somebody, Patty. I'm going to say two very fast, nice things. One, it looks like we've got a construction defect bill going through the Colorado legislature that may actually have a shot at making it through. It's a long-term problem that has been looking for a solution. And also on Monday, let's remember that presidents can be great men and women Indeed. someday. Indeed. David. While Trump and CNN in the United States have mutually benefiting in their respective ratings from this hissy fit fight they're having with each other, CNN in Venezuela has just been banned and censored by the government. And that's a reminder that CNN globally, while certainly not a, a perfect uh, news source, is a really still a very important uh, news source in, f for people who live under socialist or other tyrannical regimes. Penn. Tyrannical regimes. Hmm. Um, <laughs> the press in general, not just CNN, but the press. I appreciate the fact that the criticism the press is receiving, notwithstanding from the president, it's appropriate and right to continue to speak out, to cover stories, to talk about things, because the American public needs the information and needs to hear about things that otherwise we just wouldn't have access to. John. A great exhibit at the Denver Fire Museum downtown uh, on black firefighters in Denver, Colorado, and the fire station that's right around the corner from here was the first black fire uh, fighting station in the city. And as well to Emily Puglisi, who in Park Hill came out with the uh, hate doesn't live here uh, yard signs that are showing up all over Park Hill with tens of other different yard signs as well. <laughs> Well, that is all the time we have tonight. Thanks for tuning in. I want to give a special shout-out to a program that we did just a couple days ago on Wednesday, all about Alzheimer's awareness. We featured a documentary called The Sum Total of Our Memory and featured a great panel uh, discussion. If you missed it, it is on our website, cpt12.org. I highly recommend you check it out, even if... Um, it hasn't affected your life directly yet or in some different way. Uh, seeing this information was enlightening for me. Uh, and frankly, we, we have, um, I think, a budding TV star and one of our panelists, uh, Gary Sindler, uh, it was diagnosed with the disease in 2014, came in and shared his experiences with his uh, wife and caregiver, Nancy. It was, uh, it was really amazing. I've been around here for a lot of great discussions at this table, but that was one of my favorites. So it's at cpt12.org. Be sure to check it out. And be sure to check out our programming this Sunday when we feature some of the great documentaries celebrating black women. We'll have Black Ballerina at 7 p.m. and Black Women in Medicine at 8 p.m. It's part of our celebration of Black History Month. We also have some special programming the following Sunday. As always, be sure to check out CIO Podcasts on iTunes and Google Play and, of course, on Facebook and Twitter. For everyone here at Colorado Public Television, I'm Dominic Dizzuti. Thanks for watching. Good night.